This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 54. Hi everybody! So this week we're going to be digging into a topic that seems to run as an undercurrent in so many of our lives. The problem of comparison. That feeling like our lives just don't live up to everyone else's. I think it's especially prevalent online and judging from the conversations I have with you all as listeners on Instagram or on Twitter or face to face, it's pretty hard to escape and it's affecting us all. So my guest today is a specialist in the subject. We've got Lucy Sheridan, and she's a comparison coach who's just recently moved from London to the north of England. Woohoo! And we have a really in-depth conversation about the roots of comparison and how she's come to specialise in it and what we can all do. Before we dive into our conversation, I want to quickly let you know that my ultimate Instagram class, The Instant Retreat, is back on sale again today. It includes six weeks of lessons to take you through everything from visual identity to better photography for Instagram to target audience, hashtag strategies, caption crafting, algorithms and so much more. If you're already familiar with the class, you probably know it normally sells out super fast, usually within the first hour or so. So if you think you might want to join us, head over to my website now so you don't miss out. It's meandorla.co.uk forward slash courses where you can find all the details, including testimonials from my previous students and a detailed breakdown of everything that's included. That's meandorla.co.uk forward slash courses. If you're listening to this after the fact, there's an email sign up box on that page where you can pop your details in and I will let you know as soon as the next class is enrolling if you think you might be interested in future. Okay, let's talk to Lucy. Hi Lucy, thank you for being on the podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm so delighted to be here. Thanks so much for having me. It's nice to talk to another Northern voice as well. Yes, I know. We're going to unleash our big vowels on this one, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) So I suspect most people listening have probably heard you on another podcast or maybe come across you on Instagram. But for anyone who hasn't, could you give us a quick intro to what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm Lucy Sheridan and my job, which is not necessarily an easy tick box on LinkedIn, is that I am the comparison coach. So my work and everything I talk about and share um, and offer in the world, it's all about helping people stop comparing themselves to other people. So I kind of, I say it's like going from comparing despair to comparison free. So if you've ever experienced comparing yourself to um, anyone else, then yeah, hopefully I can help in some way. So how did you get into, why comparison? Like where did that come from as your specialism? Yeah, it's an interesting one really. Well, I think it is in that comparison's always been my thing in and I assumed it was everyone else's as well until I kind of grew up and I was like oh hold on a second but um I can remember um comparing myself to people from a very young age so whether that was um when my brother was born and he was I was like five years old I was like hmm this is interesting like am I as cute as he is well mum and dad love me isn't it that much they love him and then vice versa and then comparing you know how quickly I got my swimming badges and high octave sports like that in school Um, and then right through um to puberty comparing how my body was developing then comparing my exam results and comparing the first steps into a career my appearance you're getting the drift I just had this knack or tendency, I suppose is a better word, of ranking myself against other people and having a really clear idea of where I thought I sat and often didn't really kind of come out well because that's one thing about comparison. It kind of makes us feel like we're lesser than other people. Um, 
how that then progressed is when I was working the advertising um, industry in my 20s, I'm 35 next birthday, just to get a view on that. So I was working in my advertising industries like from like 21 through to 30, really. Um, and I developed quite acute anxiety, which wasn't helped by comparison. And um, it really kind of took me down. When things got really bad and I was really forced to look at the effects of comparison though in my life was when I attended a school reunion, which I know not everyone... Um, hell, <laughs> hell on earth. <laughs> I know. So I am the person that went. <laughs> um, so I went to a school reunion. And what I'd say is on the day itself, um, we had a really great time. The Prosecco flowed, the barbecue was incredible. And I like, genuinely had some proper, like, you know, holding your sides, giggly moments with people I used to know and reconnect, like genuinely reconnected with actually. Um, so I had a really good time on the day itself. But what followed from there, because of all the extra social media connections that I had, mm. made, you know, sitting having conversation, adding personal Facebook, which was like the channel back then, like Instagram was more of a twinkle in our eye. Um, we didn't know what was coming with that. But I'm sure we'll move on to that later. <laughs> um, I kind of woke up. Like, that was on the Saturday. On the Monday, Tuesday, the beginning of the week, I kind of woke up to my social media um, community, let's call it, or network, had tripled overnight, really, because there was such a lot of people that I'd got back in touch with. It really was, um, you know, a big, a big increase. And I kind of found myself almost like it, what I call like a Las Vegas of comparison. <laughs> yeah. It was open all hours. Like as long as I had that phone in my hand, and this was kind of around the times of the first iPhone. So we were really kind of all starting to get properly connected in that sense um, and online all the time and having apps and such. But I remember, um, yeah, just feeling like I was gorging on the lives of other people and I couldn't help myself. It was such a compulsion. I became almost quite obsessed with some people as well, which was not, it's not a, you know, a nice thing for me to admit or an attractive part of my personality, but that's what happened. I think what made it so difficult was that things in my life, um, it behind the scenes almost or off social media were not Instagrammable at all. Mm. My then partner, but now husband, sadly his business was um going under and we were about to lose our house. Like the worst things we oh, thought. Shit, yeah. yeah, they were actually happening. You know, people have this expression like, I feel like I'm unraveling. I hadn't really understood what that really meant until those moments, but it really had been like someone had pulled the pin out and the cords had just unraveled around me. So I just felt like I was all over the place, frankly. And that against having, you know, quite severe anxiety. I was crying in the toilets at work and I wasn't the only one there either doing the same. Oh, yeah. Although we weren't saving lives or anything in the advertising industry, it's just a very intense um, and very weird place to work, actually. But that's from the time. Um so that was going on in the background. And so I found myself in kind of un unraveling and feeling very upset about, like often feeling upset and like I wasn't good enough compared to other people. And then uh, one afternoon I was scrolling Instagram, um, really in Facebook, excuse me, I was scrolling Facebook and I think I was like fully dressed under a duvet or something aspirational like that on the Saturday <laughs> afternoon. And my phone died. And I was like, oh my God, like in, you know, this stuff is actually like social media and my comparisons become literally too hot for me to handle. My phone's so hot, it's just it's dying. I was like, oh my God, this is such a metaphor in so many ways. And although it wasn't kind of, I didn't sit bolt upright and think, I'm going to change my life because uh, I've never done that. Um, I did have this very strong instinctive feeling that something has to change. And, you know, having had years of thinking quite innocently that I was just interested in people's holiday photos from two years ago. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> the claws of comparison really taken root in me. And um, I, you know, I just knew too much about what everyone else was doing. And I was just not spending time on repairing and restoring myself and just healing what we were going through. So I found myself in the self-help aisle and found some books, which was great. And then it got a little bit more advanced in me trying to understand myself and how, why I felt a certain way and thought a certain way. And then um, you know, I started looking at TED Talks, for example, looking at Oprah Super Soul Sunday. And then I found life coaching um, just by through Google. I didn't really know what it was or even that it was a thing. I think I associated with it with like, you know, celebrities talking to cameras yeah, yeah. in LA kind of thing. Just felt like a million miles away from me kind of sitting in my bedroom in Leeds at that time. And um, I found this great course and I just thought this is going to be a really great opportunity for me to really get myself properly. Um, so I went into it purely as on like a, a passion project, like an area of study, just like you might do, do any training, I suppose. Like, um, and I just, it was really from that intention. And then I enjoyed it so much and I was able to really un- like craft special exercises that were helping me with comparison and then I just you know informally shared them with the people too and then it came to a point where that was wrapping up and a few changes happened at the place I was working and out of like a handful of times it's happened to me in my life and I'm not sure if you can relate or if you're listening you can relate I almost heard a voice I didn't think a thought I heard a voice in my ear say I'm not going to let you pick the timing but I'll give you what you want Hmm. And so I resigned the next day, um, thinking, okay, I'll go freelance doing what I used to do in the Adland, which was like brand strategy and planning around that. And then I'll set up my life coaching practice and see if I can help people. So that developed a little bit. And I decided that comparison felt like something that was just really of interest to me. So whenever I wrote a blog or, you know, put, share something on social media or was even just in the pub with my mates, Whenever we talked about comparison, it was a conversation that would run and run and run. Yeah. And in terms of like, you know, so how did I end up here? I gave myself um, an invitation. I thought for 90 days, I'll just talk about comparison. And so I kind of rewrote my website one night, working through the night to try and make sure that it felt congruent in that sense. And I, I call myself the comparison coach and I changed all my email signatures and across my social media presence. I thought, right, I'm going to give myself a test. For 90 days, I'll call myself a comparison coach. And although this is only, say, five years ago, the well-being industry and coaching industry was nowhere near as kind of buoyant and vibrant as it mm. is now. growing all the time, which is fantastic, because the more of this there is, the more healed we'll all be. But that was for another time. Um, but I kind of, I was in a niche of a niche of a niche. Um, so I realized I might be cutting my nose off to spite my face almost by kind of, ser- you know, really talking about this message and concentrating on it. But as the the famous adage goes, like the rest is history in that it did take off um, and it took time to, but I was so passionate about the topic of comparison and so passionate about how p- people, you know, stop feeling that and and working with them to kind of come out of it and sharing on social media about how, you know, tips, advice and guidance every single day, that it just felt like I got these wings. And I was worried I was going to get really bored of it, but actually it was the complete opposite. And I feel like I've been able to get even deeper and broader into this topic um, anyway, uh, you know, which is kind of the opposite effect that I thought it might have. So that's how I kind of find myself today as the comparison coach. And it's a bit of a bit of, it's been, excuse me, a bit of a windy road as you'd expect, but 
I am loving it more and more every day. And I'm really glad that I did back myself with it because I definitely got some side eyes and raised eyebrows when I started. Believe me. Yeah, there's so much I love in that story because that's actually really similar to how my business started in the sense that I was doing quite a lot of things, but noticing that the Instagram stuff was where I was getting the most traction and like being able to kind of relate to your audience that way and see where their problems are and how you can get involved in helping them is is one of the lovely things about being an entrepreneur or a small business. Absolutely, absolutely. And also, I really like that you, you've come from that point of crisis because there is quite often you get this vibe, don't you, of like in the wellness industry especially, like people who have got very privileged lives who have maybe not had the struggle themselves advising on how other people can get through the struggle. Yeah. But for you, it's it's a really real thing. You've been there. You probably still sometimes go in that direction, I imagine. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's kind of it's it's far enough away for it to feel like it's an anecdote and part of my life, but it's close enough to me now to kind of if it, I can sort of feel it breathing down my neck, and it does give me goosebumps. And um, yeah, it, it definitely I tell you what, it keeps you humble no matter what good things happen. And um, there are lots of great things happening in my work and um, in my life, and I'm forever grateful for that. And I don't subscribe to a line of you know well make the most of it I don't subscribe to that I do believe that we are here to live to our fullest absolutely but it's a reality check which I frequently check in on as well so no matter how great things get and I'm so delighted about the direction that things are going in you know personally and professionally there's still no better thrill for me than paying for a big shop of groceries and not worrying about the money going through same my goodness the the joy and privilege to be in that position is is just God, yeah. absolutely. Or, you know, I think like I was pre-menstrual um, like recently and I couldn't be bothered to cook and I was really emotional. I was like, oh, let's just go and get pizza at Al's my husband. And to be able to just go and get pizza at a local place at the bottom of the road, like no pomp, no ceremony, like literally put some shoes on, grab my keys and walked out the door. That is the richest thing for me. Um, that never stops being a place of that's something that I'm grateful for oh my gosh I feel like we could talk about this so much because this is exactly (laughs) what I've been going through and do you find I have sometimes I still have an element of guilt about the fact that I'm financially kind of safe now um when I previously wasn't because I feel like well everyone's not here with me I think sometimes it can creep in like that and and yeah, I try not to think about it too much only because it can, that can really drag me down yeah. and, and it can be difficult to get up from that. And I also, I try and look at the positives in that the better I'm doing, the the be- the more I can help people, yes. you know, the more I can give to charity, the more I can like buy sustainably and make choices and that sort of thing. And also without kind of sounding arrogant, like I don't have anyone like me in my life that is like a female entrepreneur at this age, like I said, I'm 35 next, um, next birthday, and who is really like living a really great life and just want to say that plainly and own it. I don't have any, I never had anyone like that in my no, life. Same. So being the first to be like that leads to a lot of wobbly moments. And I have to do a lot of, I kind of call it self-soothing around it. If any guilt or imposter syndrome comes up, I have to, I'm really trying, you know, stop myself and just check in with myself and be in the affirmation of like, you know, the better it is for you, the better it is for everybody. And if I can be a person that like, well, Lucy did it for anybody, then I will literally like, my work is done. 
truly and because when you when you are a first you have to there is guilt and you know people are talking about you behind your back and you and I was worried about that before it even happened and now it's happening and I know it's happening and I've had to just try and get over that really because um and I know that like I need to keep going on this path and that's stronger than my fear although it doesn't feel like that all the time I relate to every single word of that especially as I've got a daughter and like that's the thing that keeps me going is but thinking about the role model that I'm giving her just just yeah. so that it's possible not that she has to do the same as me at all but yeah. that she can do whatever she wants to do that's exactly it I mean seeing her mum you know with a smile on the face most days and you know food in the fridge like <laughs> I don't take any of that for granted I really don't although I have to say Orla now does totally take it for granted she's five <laughs> and like we will go on holiday and she'll be like this hotel's not got a swimming pool <laughs> you don't I never went to a hotel until I was 25 love and you're like get over it (laughs) it's a whole separate minefield um so I guess like my question is you talk about being comparison free that's your your hashtag which I love is that really possible is a comparison free life possible I believe it's possible. I think it's possible to make rapid in like vast improvements, but like any good goal or, or intention, they should always feel a little bit too big. Mm, a stretch so target. Yeah, you got it. A bit like I look at it like, um, you know, when your mum used to or like whoever looked after you when you were a kid, like you'd often get shoes at the beginning of the school term <laughs> and they'd buy them like half a size too big, right? That's whenever I set myself something it's with the intention of growing into it and knowing I still might not touch the ceiling on it um and that's cool because it kind of keeps me focused from my point of view because I've lived so long and so many days like and phases of my life in comparison and with it being present to be say 85% comparison free for me feels fantastic it feels like transformation because I know what it's like to be living 90% in comparison and only like 10% wiggle room on mm-hmm. the free of it for me to be you know even one degree um, freer to feel like one degree less influenced or motivated by what someone else is doing is really where it's at and I'm a big fan of actually like one percent pivot changes because sometimes they can make all the difference like you know the difference that makes all the difference so although I'm not going to I'm not going to say it's impossible do I even think I'll reach there maybe not but am I going to have a lot of fun trying yeah absolutely and even just believing it's possible for me is enough of a gift on some days like truly comparison feels like one of those things that um unlike self-doubt where if you eradicated it entirely you'd probably become a bit of a dick like if you could get rid of comparison you'd probably just become a happier person so yeah the more we can kind of chase it out of our lives the better yeah absolutely because it also means that we'd be rooting for people that were doing being like striving at what we were what we were after as well and we just all become like the biggest cheerleaders ever or which is an equally good place to be just neutral I know for me like if I um comparison tends to and it's lesser now because this thing in terms of I've been able to get to the point where if I'm affected by comparison it feels acute but my recovery time's quick so it might it might knock me off for an hour as opposed to ruin an afternoon, which has the potential to ruin a week because of where it can take me. Cause that's just the grip it used to have on me. And um, so if I can be in comparison and then get out of it, 
ultimately I know that I can kind of, I can, you know, support that other person um, as much as I can. But it's, uh, it's, again, it's kind of, it's just being, a, a, awareness is just so very key from on this. And it's something, I'm sure you found this as well, like not everyone wants to have that awareness. And some people, I guess maybe it's where you were at the start. Um, some people kind of want to lean into that that yeah. difficult emotion and just just languish in the horrible feelings it brings yeah and that's I think it's a bit like kind of call it like a warm bath it's like you can't get out of it yeah. even though even though you know it's not like you're, you're shriveling up emotionally <laughs> you're a metaphor well it's a bit tenuous that one but stick with me guys <laughs> but yeah it's like a warm bath it's comfortable it's familiar and we know to get out of it might require some discomfort it might require us to examine and have some self-inquiry you know which can be uncomfortable and I know whenever I've stayed in comparison and you know been at home with the like the the hot I mean for me like if I feel jealousy it feels hot um I compare it to you know when you watch those National Geographic programs and you see those hot geezers in like Finland or Norway for example and they like shoot up and then it's like hot smelly water up then it's scalding water back down again and that's what comparison feels like to me it feels like a very hot emotion and um so even though that's unpleasant, it's familiar. And I'd rather sometimes I've been like, I just, I like, I've liked the jealousy. It's been like, you know, pressing a bruise or plucking. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I've had to just, you know, be kind of like, try to be kind to myself and say like, what are you doing? You know, like, you know better than this. This is not helpful. You know, it's not helpful. And I'm trying not to kind of be too self-critical, but, you know, point it out to myself. I guess it's that awareness is the first thing to kind of work on. Is that when you're working with someone in comparison, is that where it starts? What are the practical steps people can take? Yeah, often when people um, come to me, I'll always say, like, where is it showing up? Because ultimately comparison is trying to teach us something. Um, it doesn't, it wants to be kind of like a harbinger for change. I don't think it wants to be the catalyst for that emotion. I know it's kind of weird to talk about it like it's a living thing. Um, but the way I look at it is... Um, do you remember like that um, game show, The Crystal Maze, when we were kids? Yeah. The quiz, and you'd have to answer a question, you get it correct, and then you go in, you have to do a task, grab the crystal, and you get out, you'd win, and that would then give later prizes. I look at comparison like the crystal. If you're in the mire of the puzzle, get to what the comparison is trying to tell you, and then the, it will dissolve away from there because it will. Once you've got that insight, it means you can take action, and action cuts off the oxygen to comparison because you can't. You simply can't. It's a bit like you know, <laughs> um, you know, trying to go left and right at the same time. You can't be working on yourself and support yourself and in comparison at the same time because one overrides the other. I love that. That's so true. I actually have a blog post that um is like a list I go to whenever I'm feeling like I'm failing. It's like a list of really ten practical things I go and do. Because like you say, once you're taking action, it kind of takes all the all the fear out of it because you feel like you're moving forwards. Absolutely. So yeah, be aware of that. Look at what the comparison is trying to show you. So for example, if you are um, looking, if you're, you know, your comparison is being triggered by someone who is um, achieving some really great um, wellness changes in their life and they've stuck and committed to it and you've just fallen off the pony or not been able to commit to that yourself comparison is trying to show you that's still important to you so what do you need to do to make sure that you are connecting better with your body and being of service to yourself or if for example um you're comparing your relationship 
um and you can and the comparison is showing up in that area because just say you're seeing a, a i'm using kind of air bunnies here but like you're seeing a smug couple in another departure lounge about to go for a romantic <laughs> break and yet you haven't even asked your partner if they'd like to go away you know but you're assuming they're going to sweep you off your feet and like have some sort of you know venice uh, romantic trip sorted which may not happen like relationships and the changes that we want to make in any of our lives they'll require the participation sometimes of two people so you know you comparison when it comes to that means that maybe you should jump on Expedia or another travel site and like you know look at some great little mini breaks you can go on and reconnect with your partner like like I say that's what I mean when it comes to comparison trying to teach you something there'll always be something you're trying to illuminate you can take action on even if it's you know sometimes the action is I need to spend less time on social media so I'm gonna Mm. take Instagram off just from Friday to Monday and just be present with myself and um you know even if I'm doing the gardening just be there with my gardening and allow myself to kind of get a bit you know a bit of space and just get off, get away from the stress that's causing me so that's a, that's one of the really key tips because then when you keep going back to that it delivers again and again and again and before you know it not only have you been able to unpeel what your comparison is trying to show you but you've taken action on some of those things and that's sometimes what we do as well as what we don't do we stop doing as well life just starts to rise up to meet you because it has no other option because you're just you're taking decisions for yourself and you're coming from that place of does this fit with me what is going to fit with me okay I'll do that life just reorganizes itself and it may not happen overnight but it can happen quickly I'm talking within days and weeks that feels really exciting actually to think of it that way um I guess the the thornier issue that you kind of touched on there is it's one thing when your comparison is you want something someone else has and it's that kind of straightforward jealousy but I know a lot of listeners their comparison is going to be taking the form of numbers on social media or apparent popularity online or apparent just general gorgeous lifestyleness yeah and that I mean that that is bound to be a big trigger right now I think that you know the same rules kind of apply here so for example if it is numbers and we're feeling you know we're comparing ourselves to another account what their beautiful grid the and the post they share every day tells us is that every day they show up for that being important for them and it is often a matter of time and what's great about social media communities and growth is that sometimes you can you can have um, unexpected like benefits just from doing your own thing. So, for example, I, if I can share this, um, I did a Instagram stories about unfollowing um, a few months ago. Maybe it was March time, and um, Zoella, who I know follows me on social media, um, did a shout out about it, and I got ten thousand new followers. Over wow! <laughs> now I will say, and I'm a bit witchy, so hopefully this is going to put listeners off. But I did ask for it in my full moon in my new moon ceremony two weeks before because I said I want to go up to 20,000 and don't care how it happens let's have some fun show me how I can do it and then that delivered overnight I'm clicking my fingers sorry but that delivered overnight so that shows me magic's real but that's from the podcast I think um (laughs) I was never expecting that I was just showing up with the information to help people because it helped that information about you know how to not feel bad about unfollowing being unfollowed and also unfollowing just felt like it was a real kind of missing piece for a lot of people so for that to be kind of shared and advocated and because I was just doing my thing means that I never now question to do my own thing because I know yes. numbers will come and something I think that's important to remember is that those that have very high following counts they've been doing it a while and one day that's going to be all of us 
<laughs> you know, whoever's listening, when you're listening, there'll always be people that are going to be starting years after you. Yes. After you. And I know it, the way I try and like not compare around numbers is because I did, I say just, but I think strongly, I feel strongly I'm here for the long game. I know when it's kind of like time for me to leave the earth, probably one of the last things I would have talked about was comparison still. You know, it's, a, it's like a life assignment and I'm totally up for it because I'm here for the long game. And I believe that I will, I will, I will be able to build a community that wants to be part of that as well. And there will be people that, you know, aren't even on Instagram at the moment because they're like five years old that will follow you one day. They don't even know you at the moment and you don't know them. Yeah. So it's getting to building a firm foundations of consistent growth rather than looking to kind of chase what, you know, the bots or, um, you know, the people that aren't going to engage with you too, because there'll always be someone with more numbers and fewer numbers who has, you know, nicer pictures than you or not as nice pictures than you. It's like my grid is a tram smash, but my engagement is really high, you know, and that's because my view is that I kind of like concentrate on the words and I really want it to look nice. Absolutely. Um, but this, it's developing your own style with social media as well that people come to know you for. That's really, I think, where the connection comes from. For some people, like, um, you know, your good self, Sarah, like the visuals are so much part of your signature. Um, and that's what people love. One of the many things that people love about you. I know for me, it's like this, what, you know, click at the DMs, like I think my tone is what really connects. Yeah. Not saying I could put up just a blank, like, blue square and I get engaged. <laughs> But I think, you know, it's like people will be looking for your you-ness in your feed. And that is what is going to um, connect with them. And that's what's going to bring the followers. And if you're ever you're worried about that, like, you know, you've got to be really careful about trying to copy or model what the people are doing. Yeah. If they stop doing something different, what's going to happen to you? You know, and then you're building, um, you know, your your success, your journey on other people's. And that then that that can really lead to big problems down the line. And I find it, you can end up building an audience that's not right for you, it's right for that other person. Exactly, and that's a lot of pressure, isn't it, to be trying to second guess what you should post because you don't really know um, what your motivation was in the first place. Absolutely, and then if you've built a business, you end up dealing with clients who are not your right clients because they're not really a match for who you actually are. Exactly. I think, you know, one of the kind of sayings I use a lot is, when we're feeling frustration, we're feeling comparison, we just want it to be happening now and better and faster and more. We're really being called to hold the stair with like the liminal phase of success. Because sometimes, when whatever I'm using that as a deliberate broad term, whatever success means to you, whether it's perfecting a look, a tone, a, a community number, you know, follower numbers, whatever you want to call it. But it's kind of, that will require a bit of work and it's going to require, you know, consistent energy and consistent love. And there'll be some times when you're thinking, what's even the point? Why am I doing this? You know, why do I continue to put myself through this? But that is always the pre-stage. That's always the liminal stage before something switches or happens and you get a really good result. But when you are in that place and it is um, uncomfortable, you either stop, which is easy, or you hold the stare with it even though it's uncomfortable, even though you want it now, even though you want more and better. I, the way I look at it is like, if this, if I, if I'm paying, if I'm paying the price of my time to get what I ultimately want, cool, I'll do it. I'll absolutely do it. And I like to sometimes share with clients that are feeling frustrated about maybe not getting the growth they want in whatever area it is. And if you are looking forward to going to a really amazing restaurant and sometimes you arrive and even though you've booked, the table isn't ready, 
and they say go and have a drink at the bar you're like, yeah great the, whatever happens the evening starts here that's mm. the way I look at it in that if things aren't happening in the way I want them to and the timings that I, I have decided I want them <laughs> I look at it as having like metaphorically speaking have another drink at the bar because the table will call soon and you'll be sat and then that new chapter starts you have so many good analogies. I love this. <laughs> totally putting me in it. I just learned to give a straight answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Um, and it's kind of fits with something I often encourage people to do, which is if you, there's an account on Instagram that's super triggering you in terms of their numbers scroll back to see where they were when they were at your stage because everybody like you said has gone through that process I guess it's it's a fine line between scrolling back and then becoming obsessed with tiny details of their life I know it is and sometimes I think you've just got to let yourself go there do you know what I mean it's like I look at it and excuse me I'm going to use another analogy now but this has just really helped me when I'm in comparison or I'm just off on one like you know I've got someone under surveillance and I'm kind of doing my (laughs) so to speak I think just let it run through your system you know don't have to get all worthy with yourself like I'm going to go and try and meditate this away even though that will work so zero judgment if that does work for you I don't mean to kind of take the mickey but I look at it a bit like you know when when you put the wrong petrol in a car they say don't touch the ignition but if you're going to expect to have it like it's going to cost you some money and you're going to you've got to let it run all the way through the system of the car yeah Sometimes I feel like I'd rather have a couple of hours of being way too familiar with what someone was doing a year ago and maybe, <laughs> like I say, doing a little bit of um, surveillance than um, and just let it take it, like just go, then it kind of maybe come back like a boomerang. Yeah. And start then that turning into almost like an unhealthy relationship with what I think that person is. Because that's nothing about like comparison or maybe, you know, looking at people online that have got um, big followings or, you know, doing great things is that it's really easy for you because I'm can be a real judgy pants you know I really feel like I've got people worked out and I can you know I'll be spotting character flaws and all this (laughs) no business doing whatsoever because I possess them exactly the same um but yeah it can just it can waste a lot of time so if you go I think that's really solid advice Sarah in terms of you may as well go and have a look and just get it out of your system and then come back knowing that that's done, you've got the information and now back to your drawing board, whatever that is for you. The weird thing as well about when we do that, when we have those obsessive comparison moments is it's not really about the person at all. Like at the time it feels like it is, but I know I've had people who I've felt that way about and then you kind of look at them again like three months later and you're like, what was I even bothered about? Yeah, absolutely. I think think comparison's a shapeshifter. You know, because for me, not everyone compares in the same way. Some people will compare all the time in all ways. But if I was to choose an area in my life that where comparison has been consistently showing up, and I would say still remains, is my work and career. And um, yeah, so comparison is a shapeshifter. So it looked like kind of, I don't know, um, Amanda on the graduate scheme when I was like 21. Um, but now it might look like XX who lives in Texas now that I'm 30s. And it just, the avatar is the same in terms of what it stands for, which is mirroring back to me, like what I need to still pay attention to. I need to continue healing on because, yeah, you're absolutely right. You'll you'll think you're almost in this kind of like silent and nobody will ever know about, you know, um, competition with someone. And they yeah. are often have no idea who you are or think you're perfectly fine. And I don't know if you've had this too, that I've had these comparison triggers and I've, you know, been like, oh, she's such a bitch or whatever, you know, <laughs> and really being like really not very nice at all um, here and there. And then I've met them. I'm like, oh, she's lovely. That's annoying. 
yeah, having this brief moment of like feeling like an absolutely two-faced idiot and then actually kind of leaving and they're giving you a shout out and emailing you to say how lovely it was to meet you and they're just being really lovely people as you'd hope to be as well along the way but because the comparison was never present for them and they never knew about it thank goodness because wouldn't that be embarrassing if all our comparison triggers knew about it (laughs) (laughs) but often there's only love there there's only goodness there's only just a really nice person doing their best and kind of you've touched on it there that feeling when you are the comparison trigger for someone else and you suddenly realize like oh they've got me muted on Twitter or whatever like oh it's it's a it's well that's triggering as well isn't it and I don't I well I don't know if it's the nature of my work but I have had people tell me I am their comparison trigger in various ways to my face so I had someone years ago book a Skype with me um which I thought was a catch up because I hadn't spoken to her in ages and um she basically kind of said I just wanted to let you know that I'm, I think I'm happy to be friends again with you now because I've got to be honest, I haven't been supportive of anything you've been doing and I feel better about it now. You're not triggering me as much. So yeah. And I was like, uh, what? Um, and that was interesting because that, you know, I would, I would have, I'm not religious, but I would describe myself as having, you know, a spiritual bias. I do have some spiritual practices which are important to me and make me feel happy in my life. So that's enough of a reason for me to keep them up basically. Mm. There are some beliefs that go with that too. Um, but I, my first thought was, that's rude. But my second thought was, what gave her the view that that was okay to say to me? So what could I do next time or who can I do so that I'm not giving off a vibe that people can t- 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 contest my boundaries like that? Yeah, boundaries. And, yeah, it's a big one, right? Um, I saw this great thing on um, Facebook a year or so back that said, honesty without tact is cruelty. And that's yes. what it she was venting there and in like you know I'm all for people speaking their truth but not if you're going to be mean like you know and if you can't say it find a way to say it without being mean <laughs> when we're in the heat of the moment and the emotion like I've not made the best call for myself and I've apologized for it afterwards and I've owned it too but that was it was mean-spirited um and her intention wasn't for me to feel good it was for her to feel good it sounds um, like she wasn't really over it at all because yeah, she was exactly. still bringing it up yeah I think you're absolutely right kind of took another twist equally I've had people dm me on instagram saying you're doing amazing and that's really triggering me I'm comparing myself to you and I just kind of say I just I try and be jovial about it like well you get the irony of that but I hope <laughs> you know that you know I, I wish for you what you wish for yourself I'm rooting for you and you may not be able to root for me but I'm okay with that um but I want you to know that I'm rooting for you um, and they're often they're not expected. Cause I, I try and reply to all the DMs I get. Um, I don't do it every day and consistently because, um, you know, life, yeah. but I try and reply and be as helpful as possible, but I can't give like, I can't give advice in the DMs because it's the DMs, you know, I, I try, to, I will give some direction, but I can't go into someone's like whole personal kind of history and that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I've had people say that to me and I, and now I'm quite thick skinned to it, but I all, but the tone's everything very happy for people to be honest absolutely I want I want to live in a world which is honest and people are being heard and feel safe to express how they're feeling too but sometimes and I was um I've chatted to my friend Emma Gannon about this before it's like sometimes it's like what benefit is it like how like what how do you think that makes me feel mm. when you know this that I'm the trigger because I'd never tell anyone I triggers that <laughs> <laughs> It's not helpful information. Because it's not really about that person and it puts kind of the, the burden on them when it's the work that, the, that we should be doing ourselves. You got it. You got it. And it's, um, it's just, it's not fair, I think, sometimes as well. Because like you say, you know, 
like with a lot of things, like it's a mirror. If you can see someone doing really well, that is a mirror held up to show you the same talent and the same spark of uniqueness is within you. Equally, if you don't like someone, it's like be really careful about what you're critiquing them about because it's a mirror about maybe the traits of our own personalities that mm. we're not comfortable with, which is uncomfortable, but we're not all the colors of the rainbow. We're not all sparkly aquamarines. We are the dirgy browns as well. We kind of touched there on boundaries and boundaries. Like, I feel like, where were they all my life? I wish I'd understood. <laughs> For so long, I dismissed the whole concept because I thought it was like, like American talk show woo yeah. nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then had some coaching and was like, oh, oh, actually, no, these are the, these are the stuff that life needs to be made of. You've got it. Yeah boundaries that we're not taught them I think that's why no. they feel so bad. like either they feel alien because like well what is that or they feel unneeded because it, it they, they've been maybe over complicated the way I look at it my view on boundaries is a boundary is an energetic line in the sand which tells the world what you're available for and what you're not available for so it's just there sometimes you have to say it and enforce it but a good boundary people will knock up against and then they'll be there they will behavior will be dictated from there so the intention is to get get the world at the garden gate not at your front door so there's space between yes. you and everything even if it just feels like it's an arm's length just in your own zorb like i'm in my lucy zorb you're in sarah's zorb everyone's in their own zorb and we can just have the space we need to ask and reach out and also come back and, and not feel like we're being pressured too because boundary pushers are everywhere because just as we're not taught that boundaries are healthy, because people often don't speak up when their boundaries are tested, we don't know we're pushing people's boundaries. So, yeah. you know, I know when I need to work on my boundaries, when I'm saying yes, when I don't really mean it, or I'm actually, my gut is screaming no, or I'm so equally I'm saying no when I want to say yes. And it's so staying in tune with that is really how we fix it. One of the, I think people think that the a believer myth about boundaries, which they have to come in the form of maybe like a ranty, like, social media <laughs> I just want everyone to know that I'm not doing this anymore and blah blah and listen you can forget it which is just unnecessary I mean you can do it if you want like you know live your life I'll back you whatever you want to do but actually boundaries don't require that like I said they're an energy they're a silent mm, thing a quiet thing yeah um where people know what they can ask and if they're going to ask it, how they can ask as well and they're able to respect that and then in return you're able to do the same but you can have good boundaries like any like working any muscle the more you use it the, the stronger it gets you can have start with boundaries now by you know the next time you get a text from a friend expecting you to do something or be somewhere um even if you don't have a better excuse you can just say like i can't attend this time but thanks so much for bearing me in mind you know, just I think it's important when we are um, putting our boundaries in place that we are clear, unapologetic, brief, and it yeah. should. So you know, I think we we leak a lot of energy through like multi paragraph multi paragraph explanations. Yes, of, it's exhausting. It is, and I think you know some, especially with pals. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, be warm and say what you need to say, and and like be honest as well. I remember like when we were setting up this pod, and I had like. Sarah, I was like, oh, Sarah, I'm dead sorry. Like, this has happened and this has happened. And now can we do it now? And you were dead lovely about it. But equally, I'm sure if I sent you online saying, please can we rearrange, rearrange we're like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. You know, it's like, but it's cool. Like, I felt like there was that vibe there where I could be more honest and give more detail. I knew it wasn't going to be awkward. But we don't have to, you know, like if someone does ask, you know, 
it, there's another work thing you just don't want to go to and you're getting dragged into it like trying to find a way which is like um th- I'm gonna skip this one but you guys have the best time um and and you'll find ways of just kind of taking yourself out of things but you don't have to explain yourself you don't have to apologize I think it's especially hard for us as women because we are so conditioned to be liked and to be nice and that's that's the work I really have to do with my boundaries is that knowledge that yes some people might think that I'm less nice because of this some people might think I'm less like lovely because I've I've drawn a line and actually that's okay and the people that repels were probably not meant to be in my life anyway that's exactly it I mean I it takes a lot for me to show my teeth but I will um and I and I I think if the way that we kind of get over well, one of the ways we get over this fear of not being liked is that we just lead with kindness so, you know, if you say no in a way which is kind and respectful, yeah. it, will be, it will be received in that way. I'm a big fan of like, you know, the, this, this concept, yes, the energy always leads. That's why I never send a shitty email, even if I'm really pissed off. Um, and excuse me, using some colorful language there, because once that's gone out there, I can expect it back. Because I also yeah. believe I also like, live by the law of three. So if I do one good thing, three great things will happen. If I do one rubbish thing, three rubbish things will happen to me. It's a really good um, compass in terms of like just behaving well, you know. Um, and I'd much rather take a breath, draft an email, go back over it and just share my point of view in plain language than rant at someone or lose my cool because then I'm not in control and that will trigger my anxiety and that's not worth it. So from... You know, I still have um, periods of experiencing anxiety. So any day I'm not is really a great day and I don't want to trigger myself into it. So, yeah, when it comes to kind of setting boundaries, if you are being unkind and you're not being nice, it's going to come over in that way. And yet if you're, um, you know, briefly explaining why something isn't possible or how you can't see a point of view, then that's all right as well. You know, because an exchange of views is is normal we don't just have to accept things as they kind of come to us. And that's when the that old expression like choose your battles is really powerful. Sometimes you have got to choose it though. Yes. I, I, have, to it. <laughs> I have a story actually. I've not shared this story it with people terrible. yet. Um, but not too long ago, I was invited to speak at an event. I won't yeah. give too many specifics just so that I'm not naming the event. But it was a really, it was a, one of those really great events that I get to go and speak at. Um, there was some other really like people kind of who I really respect and admire who were also speaking there um and I got there on the day and as well as speaking they kind of shoehorned me into doing something I hadn't agreed to they asked me to sit at a table and do like a promotional thing for a couple of hours unpaid because they weren't paying any of the speakers as is quite often the case at these things um and it just felt wrong I just I sat down and kind of went along with it and then sat there and thought this like a boundary is being crossed all of my sirens were going off I just felt like I was really being taken advantage of so I had to get myself up go and find like the organizer and say to them look I'm I'm sorry I can't do this yeah which felt horrendous I was so worried about being appearing like a diva and not being liked um and then to make it kind of even harder they then came back to me and said okay well we still want you to do it but we'll pay you and I still had to say, I'm sorry, no, it's just, it's not what I do. Um, and then went outside and cried in a doorway for about half an hour. But 
felt so much better because I'd drawn that line and because I'd said, I, I, you know, it's, they're not always comfortable things to assert, I guess, boundaries, but they are important. And if I'd stayed and sat at that table and done that promotional thing for them for free for two hours, the fallout would have lasted days and yeah. I would have, it would have meant an awful lot. I would have told myself it meant all these things about me oh. and I would have spiraled. But being able to draw that line and actually say, sorry, like, thank you, but there's been a mix up and it's not for me. Yeah. Um, meant that I was able to walk away and still kind of feel okay about myself and what's so great is you only have to do it for the first time once and now yeah. you have this data which is I know I can do it so when I need to I can reach in there and I can get that strength and I can speak and it and it be okay and like the world keeps turning and everyone still lives right. as part of it a really great book that helped me with this um which you might have shared previously so forgive me if it's repetition but is Tara Moa's book playing big yes I and, love her yeah, we're a big fan because even things like me paying attention to how I use the word actually, you know, yes, to kind yeah. of like preempt a lot of things I'm saying, you know, because often when I'm about to maybe respond or something's not for me, um, um, actually, I don't want this crap table by the toilet or actually, um, that wasn't in the brief or, you know, yeah. it's, um, you know, it's trusting yourself enough just to be direct because you can be direct with direct people and you know, if we look at when people have said no to us or challenged us back, when it's been done with kindness and respect and just neutrality, we've often got to a result that feels good for everybody. You know, that we've got to remember that. There's lots of case studies when things go really well. Like, I can count on one hand the number of times I've had a conversation. It's been almost, like, irreparable from that. Yeah. You know, it's never as bad as we think it's going to be. And, and the thing with boundaries as well is once you start exercising them, like, you know, just one at a time here and there, people will change like will rise up to meet you in a different way and your interactions will change and your boundaries just won't be pressed anymore so ironically the minute they're there you don't need them <laughs> yeah, yeah that's really true that is really true <laughs> um and I guess Tara talks about it as well that um that women are expected to put that warmth in into yeah. all of our communication yeah. and yeah. and she sort of talks about how she would love to tell you not to but you yeah. do still kind of need it because people are so used to it yeah exactly I think that's the thing like warmth is warmth is great isn't it but you don't want to be using like a furnace (laughs) (laughs) so I think I'm right in saying are you the world's only comparison coach first and only yes indeed and I wonder like what would you feel if maybe when because you're you're successful and this usually follows someone decides to set themselves up as a rival I think, oh, that's, do you know what? I've been thinking about this recently because um, <laughs> someone said to me, like, do you ever feel annoyed when you see people talking about comparison? And I used to a lot. Because it's your baby. Because it's my baby and it's not just like an off the cuff thing for me. Um, and I suppose because it's so very personal as well. But the way I look at it is that um, they can, oh, if someone did set up with this exact same message, I, the way I look at it is every Coca-Cola needs a Pepsi. So it will be good for me because mm. I'll always be the first. It'll keep me sharp because um, it'll mean that I'll stay, I hope, at the top of my game. If I don't know if I'm there yet, but I'll hopefully keep striving to keep um, being the very best I can be. But I also need, like, I'm very, I'm very open to give myself a reality check that I did not invent comparison. It was been here when people were kind of like, you know, in ancient times, oh my God, they've got like a nicer hut than I have. Mm-hmm. And caved nicer than ours. Or they caught a dinosaur and we didn't stay. You know? 
<laughs> I didn't invent it, so I'm very happy to give myself a reality check there. If I was overtly copied, that would be something different. But my 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 loyal my loyal would deal with that. Um, but even if I felt like it's almost getting a bit close, I actually posted about this last week, which is you know I'm me and I'm Lucy and they're them, whoever they are, because they will exist in the world probably soon enough, and that's all good. But and it's the same with anyone listening to this people can only take a cup from your well I am the well yes. and I have a limitless supply of me I have a limitless supply of ideas I have a limitless supply of creativity it doesn't feel like it every day you know when my muse is in the house I grab her ankle and I don't let her go <laughs> so you know my creativity ideas motivation they visit me in spurts and phases and I've come to know that about myself now rather than compare myself to people that I see as extremely consistent and I've been like oh god damn it I wish I was like that it's like no place in my strengths and then the appearance is the same anyway um so I'm sure it will happen and I'll be annoyed. I'll be really annoyed about it, but it won't stop me. Um, and like I say, every Coca-Cola needs a Pepsi. And the more people that hear about how they can cure comparison, the better off the world is. And my mission is to help a million people with comparison. So if I inspire someone else to set up doing comparison work because of what I've um, started and sort of been striving to establish, then that helps me achieve the mission. It's something that happened to me because when I started out, like there was no one doing Instagram mentoring. There was really no Instagram classes. And now it feels like kind of over the last couple of years in particular, it's become quite a saturated market. Um, yeah. And every now and again, I'll see another person kind of getting on the bandwagon and I'll be really triggered and I'll be like, this is the end of my business. This is the end of the world. And you know, it never makes this, I never makes the slightest bit of difference to my business. I can never even see a change in sign up rates or anything. So yeah, I think it, there's enough success to go around. There is absolutely. And people want your vibe. And if they want someone else's vibe, they'll invest there. But, you know, if you want the best, it's got to be you. Come on now. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, but um, but if they, if you can't mess with your vibe because it's just there. And that's in like, that's the beacon. That's enough. Like sometimes that'll be the very reason that people click the buy button. It's like if it's got Sarah's name attached to it, it's got to be good. And I hope that one day I'm kind of like there in terms of the trust that people have in what I'm wanting to share with them. Um, but yeah, there'll always there'll always be, um, you know, there'll always be more people coming in. And I suppose that's where you've got to be super gentle with yourself that um, you, you know, stay true to yourself. Because as you say, especially if the data's not giving any indication of there being any changes, it's about like how you um, stay as much yourself as you can and look to innovate in ways that feel good for you or not. Because it might just be a bit like there's an online um, entrepreneur called Marie Folio. Yeah. Um, I did her course like 2012, something like that. And um, there have been so many business courses that have come out since then. I've even started um, thinking about doing one because a big part of my job is brand mentoring. So comparison free business coaching ultimately. Yeah will start and critically grow businesses so get through the plateaus but that's you know another thing but um I've even thought about doing like a like how to grow a business course for me Marie will always be the the one that helped me so much on my journey and I recommend her so much as well um but that for some people they're like yeah it's got to be Lucy so it's like our people will always find us and there are always more people coming into our communities that we that will be so delighted to meet us and can't believe that we've been going as long as we have because it'll feel so very fresh because you can't help but feel and appear fresh when you're just doing you yes and that is why the comparison and then the copying is a really dangerous spiral because that's what you lose that's what you compromise when you go down that route that's exactly it that's exactly it darling I feel like that there might be people listening who are like well you know Lucy Sarah you've got established businesses you you 
you're successful it appears that way from the outside all the time right mm-hmm. um comparison when you're successful is very different to comparison when you're just starting out so what would be your message to those people I would say like you'll be there soon enough and there'll be someone else comparing to you <laughs> you know really that's the that's the irony of it the cycle continues and continues um I also would say that like as I've kind of shared everyone will have their thing and they will have had a windy road to get to where they need to go um but nobody gets to skip the work no that's I, so true and that's a that's a big part of it if you're starting out you're not entitled to have it quicker or better or faster or um you know easier, easier. than anything else. so drop it now no one deserves it we all deserve it. None of us deserve it. But that means the pressure's off, you know? Yeah, there's um, no shortcuts. There are there isn't. There are no shortcuts. I've seen people take shortcuts and I've also seen a lot of people come and go because yeah. of that. And, um, you know, I don't do well with kind of like the zigzags of growth. I like nice, consistent growth. My root chakra loves it. My accountant loves it. <laughs> I love it, you know, family loves it that's what I've really focused on rather than um, maybe the fits and starts. But if you are listening and you are feeling like, oh, it's easy for you guys, like, God, I'd love to take you for a gin and tonic and tell you about the times I was hugging a radiator crying so I couldn't pay my tax bill or whatnot. Yeah. 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 Ultimately, it'll take as long as it takes, but it'll happen quicker than you think it's going to. But don't think it'll be overnight because no such thing as an overnight success. Um, and I think, so my business has been going five years now. Same. Uh, uh, fantastic um, and I would say you know if I'm going to be really transparent it's been the last two and a half where I've seen the whoosh I can only yeah. describe it as a whoosh and it can, and it's continued but I would say I wouldn't have been able to get this sort of consistent growth and even more opportunities and even more financial targets being read and even more love and happiness in my relationship even had I not put in the two and a half um, years of holding the stare to use that expression again yeah you know, many times when I thought like what am I even doing this is ridiculous I should just go back and work in an agency you know this is why did I even think I should start this I'm so glad that those dark days or like the difficult weeks or even tricky months were all they were and I didn't give up um so I know it sounds like such a platitude and you're more than welcome to roll your eyes and (laughs) stick your tongue out of your phone as you're listening to this on your app but like don't give up because like you're guaranteed not to make it if you do so don't give up nobody gets to skip the work and it will feel really grisly on some days but as I kind of posted about the other day it'll make one hell of an anecdote one day babe (laughs) absolutely and then you'll know you really deserve it when you get there yeah and it makes it makes the victory so sweet as well like when you get that first email from a brand that's like we love what you're doing and it's like what this is crazy I'm so (laughs) delighted there's it, the, nothing can dull the thrill of knowing what it took for you know what knowing what you put into whether it's your Instagram account or um whatever your project in mind is the creative or otherwise knowing that you put your heart and soul in and then getting the tummy tickle as I call it of like recognition is such a thrill and you will deserve it when that email drops in and you'll just be so over the moon I love that Lucy, where can people find more of your wisdom when they listen to this and decide that they need you in, the, in their yes. life? <laughs> you know, I dare say over on the gram, if you'll excuse the irony. So yeah, <laughs> post on um, Instagram every day, often twice a day, and I'm active on stories there too. So if you look for Lucy Sheridan or look at the hashtag comparison free, you'll find me there. And I'd love to kind of, yeah, welcome you in with a very warm hug and help you overcome comparison in any way I can. Like I say, I'm in my DMs a lot. So if you do have a question, just let me know. 
I love the way you use Instagram actually it's it's your own it's your own platform you've made it your own and yeah it's like a little top up every day I'm like oh she's there on my feed just helping me feel good (laughs) (laughs) oh you've put the biggest smile on my face for saying that thanks (laughs) so kind of you um did did you say what your Instagram username was yeah I'm Lucy Sheridan I believe yeah all one word super easy and I'll link to it in the show notes as well Lucy thank you so much the pleasure's all mine and thanks so much for having me Show notes for this week's episode are at meanola.co.uk forward slash podcast 54. And I'll include links to everything we've talked about today, as well as a link to my Instagram class, the Insta retreat that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. As always, both Lucy and I would, of course, love to hear from you on Instagram or on Twitter or wherever you hang out. So come give us a wave or a share and let us know what you thought about our conversation today and how comparison is showing up in your life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this and I will see you next week.